Brought to you by Dubois Productions. Hello and welcome back to NO and JB Sports Pedigree. We are back to provide insight on a wide variety of sports topics from NBA hoops to NFL football, Major League Baseball to professional soccer and anywhere in between. Our goal is to shed some light on some topics that maybe you haven't really thought about before and have a little fun and Certainly, we hope you have fun right along with us. So let's not waste any more time. I'm JB. And I am ready to get this thing going today. What's going on with you, JB? Oh, not a whole lot. Truth be told, getting over a little bit of <clears throat> a little bit of the illness. So the voice is coming back today. How, how are you doing, Inno? I'm doing good. We're going to get you through it because uh, we got a lot of talking to do, man. So we, we need your oh, voice to come back. I hope you got the water next to you, the tea. Oh, yeah, I got it. Got all that next to you because we're going to kick it off talking about, um, I mean, something that really went crazy in the last couple of weeks. I mean, a lot of talks nationwide about the NBA trade deadline. And uh, yeah, it was it was one of the more adventurous, more. What's the word you want to use, JB? I mean, to be honest, I would say surprising to me. Surprising. I mean, a lot of stuff that I was not expecting. You know, you figure. Most I feel like the last couple years have been bigger than maybe ones that I recall in my lifetime. I mean, I figure most of the time you got, you know, one or two guys here and there. But, man, um, there was a couple of really big surprises. And no not doubt. only and, that. And, 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 I, let me chime in real quick. Jamie. Yeah, yeah. I, I say adventurous because some teams was taking chances, y'all. Taking chances on oh, their futures certain. with these big moves that they made. Really like going on an adventure. So go ahead, J.B. Yeah, I was just going to say that um, so many of these moves were three and four team deals with three, four, five, five draft picks. Like, I mean, you're, you're right, like mortgaging futures and taking all kind of chances. So no that's doubt pretty about well it. said. You yeah, want to run through your thoughts? Yeah, and really all of the madness started with the Kyrie Irving trade that included, yep. you know, some other pieces, Markeith Morris. And it was for Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith. Now, mm-hmm. can Kyrie and Luka coexist? Obviously, that's the big question. I believe so. But if they're going to compete and actually compete at the top of the West, Christian Wood needs to defend and rebound better. And if you think about the entirety of their roster, the rest of the starting five is subpar, and they don't have a quality bench, which is why they bring in Wood as the sixth man. Tim Hardaway... And Markeith, they're going to have to provide that third and fourth scoring options. And when you play against a team with multiple high-quality defenders, you're really going to need those guys. Mm-hmm. Then we and had the know, big – say that – go ahead, JB. And, and yeah, with your point about the lack of depth, you look at a lot of the other teams in the West, and it just – it's a big drop-off there. They, the they don't really compare. Right. They don't really compare at all. Then we had the big three-way trade between the Lakers, Timberwolves, and Jazz. The latter of the three – Got Russell Westbrook, who, quite honestly, I felt deserved better as he left L.A. The man averaged 16 points, 6 rebounds, and 7.5 assists for the Lakers. And I'm speaking individual stats right now because, yes, I was a part of the crew who never felt like the combination of Russ, LeBron, and A.D. would make the Lakers a contender. But Russ individually still has a lot left to provide on a proper team, and I think it's Chicago. I think we're going to see him end up there. Hopefully he doesn't have to play one game in Utah, you know, and he can go to a playoff contender. Yeah, that's Utah, definitely an option. Yeah, it is. No doubt. Go ahead. 
No, I was just going to say, I was going to ask you where you, you thought he was going to end up, but you answered my question. Yeah, DeMar, Zach Levine, they could use somebody like like Russ to make give that team a little bit more energy. Absolutely. Utah parted ways with Mike Conley and Jared Vanderbilt in the trade, um, among a few other players, and the Lakers acquired D'Lo, D'Angelo Russell, again, along with Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt. JB, what does D'Lo bring to the table that Russ didn't? I'm going to go ahead and ask the question that everybody's kind of been, you know, murmuring, whispering about. What does D'Lo bring to the table that Russ didn't? Is this a lateral trade, or did the Lakers get better? I mean, the only thing that you could say he's obviously better at is outside shooting consistently. Um, But other than that, you know, I don't know if he's better defensively. Probably not. He's not going to give you more energy. Um, definitely ball handling, not give you more he, energy. He definitely has to handle the ball quite a bit. So it's kind of a kind of up in the air. Not honestly to me. If if depending on the style that they're trying to play. I mean, the other two we, guys. We know, Jared we know Vanderbilt, the style that they're going to play. <laughs> Jared Vanderbilt is a good, you know, solid defender. Um, Beasley can shoot it as well. They got Rui Hachimura now, too. Yeah, so they, they maybe got a little more depth with not just that trade. Um, but again, you know, it, I think for me, that whole Lakers <clears throat> that whole Lakers show is all about the health of Anthony Davis. Um, if, he, if he can stay healthy and be their number one player, then I could see them making a run. But outside of that, I mean, you, LeBron James is... And they got Mo Bamba, another bench no guy, um, with size. But I mean, the guys played dang near twenty-three seasons when yeah, you count the playoffs. I mean, is, you can't ask him willing, to do that. Is he willing to be a sidekick, though? Yeah, uh, yeah. When, when, good when, point. when has LeBron shown that he's willing to be a sidekick? I, I haven't seen it on the Lakers. So good everybody's point. talking about AD, but yeah, this is why KD said what he said a few years ago. And if y'all know, y'all know. <laughs> um, speaking of KD, Phoenix got KD and TJ Warren. Brooklyn got Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, and four first-round picks. I'll put it like mm. this, y'all. CP3, if this isn't your time, then I don't know when it will ever happen. Right off the bat, personally, though, I said in my mind that Phoenix gave up too much. Mikael Bridges, young two-way playing Three and D type guy, 17 a game for Mikael and Cam Johnson, a walking bucket. He averaged around 14 playing 25 minutes a game. That's your sixth man. And that's 31 points given up for, let's be honest, an injured star, former star, Evan Durant. JB, do we even know if KD's going to come back 100% healthy this season? Man, you can't know that. <clears throat> you saw last year he kind of struggled to really get himself fully right before the playoffs. So that's a great question. And all I hear about, too, in the media is, are KD and Booker the, the best duo in the league? Man, you like, they haven't played together yet. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh what are y'all goodness. talking about? Yeah, about it, man. <laughs> and, yeah, the man, the Nets, while <clears throat> it would be tough being a Brooklyn Nets fan right now, you got to think their future is pretty Definitely. bright. If long as you have the right person <laughs> in the office, uh, because the guys you got back, including Finney Smith, um, including um, 
What's the other guy they got? Kill Bridges. The Kyrie trade too. That you, uh, Dimwitty, Brit, like all Spencer them guys, Dimwitty. they Goodness can all gracious. play. Um, they all start. And you got like the new point five. Guard, yeah. yeah, you got like five first round picks. So just keep an eye on them in years to come for the Suns. And, like you said, I think it, it, everybody acts like oh they're just gonna guaranteed be the best team. They're going to the yeah, finals now. I no don't know. Way. I don't know. Who thinks that? <laughs> well, you know, a lot let of me, people in the let media. Me chime, let me chime back in about the Nets real quick. They also got Cam Thomas. A lot of people don't know during that oh, yeah. couple-week time frame when Kyrie got traded, and people weren't really paying attention to the Nets. They were on TV a lot. Dude, Cam Thomas, a, a 21, 22-year-old young man out of Oak Hill, if I'm not mistaken, had four straight 40-point games. There's another player who's a bucket. He's coming off the bench now that they got Spencer Dinwiddie at the point. Um, but but look for him to be a beast off the bench. And we also gotta take this into account, JB. The Nets are thirty-four and twenty-four. So they mm-hmm. so they're they're likely going to the playoffs. They're going still. to the playoffs, man. They could they could be a tough out for somebody, you know, if Jared Allen defends around the rim and they get these guys playing well together, which I think they will. Spencer Dinwiddie's an unselfish dude, Cam Johnson, walking bucket, very unselfish, and Mikael Bridges three and D. They may not have that top tier star, but they got a lot of dudes who might be able to see them upset somebody if they play together. And in the NBA, a lot of people don't pay attention to it that much, but that's what you really got to have in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Teams that play as one. Yes, sir. And um, let me let me finish up, JB. A couple yep. others that we mustn't forget about. Eric Gordon went back to the Clippers, mm. and good for him, man. They got I'm a glad few he guys. Got out of Houston. Yeah, that's a good spot. You know, Mason Plumley also went to the Clippers, and Reggie Jackson is now in Charlotte. Mo Bamba. Obviously, we talked about him a bit. Went to the Lakers. I don't know how much he's going to help him. And that was a straight man-to-man one-on-one trade for Pat Beverly, I believe, who's now in Orlando. And y'all Lakers fans. Who <laughs> I was wondering if you're going to mention that one. Oh, man. <laughs> y'all thought Pat Bev was going to be the savior, and Pat Beverly did too. Well, no. it lasted for a few months. <laughs> Golden State. Here's a big one, man. They got GP2 back. Gary Payton II. Top-notch defender. I don't know why mm. they let him go to Portland in the first place, but they got him back. In a three-way trade, Atlanta got Sadiq Bay. Detroit got James Wiseman. Actually, mm-hmm. might have been a four-way trade. And Portland yeah, it got was. There was a lot of five. Those. JB Portland got five future second-round picks. And Kevin Knox. And Kevin Knox. <laughs> what you gonna do with five future second-round picks? I mean, hopefully you get lucky. <laughs> I don't know. That's a possibility. Yeah, maybe one That's of them. A lot of turn into a star. <laughs> yeah, could you be, never know. Maybe you find Draymond Green or your Jose Alvarado, man. Well, I mean, yeah. it, you couldn't even be that because he was undrafted. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's crazy. The, hey, in that in that trade as well, the Clippers also got Bones Highland, um, another young kind of up-and-coming player. Yeah, you we'll t- see how that works out for them. You touched on most of them, though. They did let go Luke Kennard, so I guess they felt like, you know, he really wasn't the all-around type guy they needed. John Wall as well. That experiment didn't work. No doubt, yeah. <laughs> Apparently. It didn't. Yeah, that's a good point. Reggie Jackson, John Wall. Got <clears> yeah, all them here. guys kind of. Canard. And I guess they felt like a they, little bit. Yeah, they needed a backup point guard. And I guess that's where Bones Highland comes into play. Um, we'll see how that works out for them. Um, Bones Highland, he didn't have the best time in Denver. Um, combination of personalities didn't really mesh for him. Hopefully it's mm-hmm. different for him because he has he's a young spry dude. Can yeah. Hope. Definitely athletic. You didn't mention that your your boys got uh, George Hill back. <laughs> Indiana George, you know, he had yeah. his time on Indiana Pacers back 
in the Paul George days on some uh-huh. of our really good teams. He was the starting point guard. Pacers definitely got him back, yeah. And they got three second-round picks from Milwaukee as well in, yeah. that, uh, in that trade. So <laughs> we'll see there. Yeah, enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cam Reddish to the Blazers. What has Cam Reddish been doing? He's actually okay. He's actually yeah. a pretty good fit for the Blazers, being somebody who can be like a fourth score for them they got rid of josh hart and when mm-hmm. josh hart was injured i think the blazers realized we he's the style of player we don't really need anymore so i like i like the cam reddish pickup for the blazers well actually. i kind of like the josh hart to the knicks too because you're basically reuniting him with uh jalen brunson didn't they play together in college they did um, but the knicks they got too much defense and josh hart's another mm, defensive player like gotcha. the knicks the Knicks are the team that they think they're going to beat you 95 to 94. No, this is 2023. Yeah, this ain't the 90s. Yeah. All right. <laughs> they, they need a little bit more offense on their team. So That's good stuff, man. A lot of a lot of bouncing around trying to keep up with it was a bit challenging, but <clears throat> good stuff. Yeah, no doubt, JB. What we got next, man? We got the uh, recurrent athlete trivia back this week. And hey, of course, let's do it. We will go back and forth with, well, not really back and forth, so to speak, but uh, we'll lay out some facts about individual athletes and see how long it takes the other person to guess who we're talking about. Okay. And we certainly hope you play along with us. Now, we've also developed themes. Um, and my theme this week, um, we're going to stick with basketball. And I have great lefty hoopers. Okay. My theme. Um, minus okay. basketball as well. 90s NBA players that were European in origin. Ooh. Man, okay. You want to kick it off? I got three, JB. I got three. Okay. Oh, I got four. I'll kick it off. All right. First one we got here is a 6'6", 200-pound small forward out of New York City. He was the seventh overall pick in 1985 for his career, averaged 18.2, right about four rebounds, three assists. Definitely known for as a shooter scorer. He was a five-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA player, and his number 17 is retired by the Golden State Warriors, where he was drafted. My man Chris Mullen, straight out of St. John's. Straight out of St. John's. Man, the older Chris Mullen played for the 1998 Pacers team that really should have beat the Bulls. Man, he was a starter on that team, and that's when I really got to – see Chris Mullen for who he actually was. He was a member of the original Dream Team, too. He sure was. People forget that one. People actually do forget that a lot, and but but they, I tell you who we don't forget was on there, Christian Leitner. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, but he's, yeah. Alright, JB, the first European player to make all-NBA team was 13. Born okay. in Croatia. Oh. Had a career 15-point scoring average and had his number retired by the Brooklyn Nets. He played Wait. for the New Jersey Nets. Um, he tragically died in a car accident oh gosh. at age I 28. Knew. Remember his name? Is it uh, Petrovic? Yeah, Drazen Petrovic. Drazen. Man, I couldn't him, think man. of his first name. I yeah, actually man. read the story about the car accident, man. It was terrible. He was on the Autobahn and you can you know, drive extremely mm. fast. I think it was wet. He tragically lost his life, man. But from what I hear, he was on the path to be monster in the yeah. NBA. Yep. Future star. 
All right, uh, moving on number two here. <clears throat> this, we actually have a, this is my only current player on the list. He is a 6'2", 190-pound point guard, drafted in 2018 in the second round, 33rd overall. <clears throat> so far in his NBA career, well, I was looking for his stats, but they don't seem to have him up here. Uh, <laughs> originally drafted by the Dallas Mavericks and is a oh, two-time NCAA champion. It is. Yeah, we just discussed him. <laughs> yeah, Jalen Brunson, man. He's actually he's having, having his a, coming, uh, as coming out party year. as a scorer. Yeah, he's yeah, having he his coming out is. party as a scorer. It's, it's by necessity, as I brought up a little bit ago. New York Knicks, they don't really got guys you can just give the ball to and go get a bucket. I mean, Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett wants to be that guy, but... The Knicks are trying to eat you in a slugfest. Mm-hmm. They are. All right, JB. My second of three, eighth pick of the 1985 NBA draft. Did, what's, didn't you have the seventh pick of the 1985 NBA draft? That's crazy. Uh, yeah, I sure did. So who went right after him? Hmm. So, well, he played for Dallas. He played for Indiana. But he had his best years playing for the Seattle Sonics from 1993 mm. to 1999. He also played for yeah. the Portland Trail Blazers. Three-time oh, NBA All-Star he did when they were the Jail Blazers, when they had Sean Kemp, Steve Smitty, oh, Damon yeah. Stoudemire, and all them. Or Anyways, two-time sixth man of the year in Indiana. I didn't know that one. He was a 6'10 wing who scored over 5,000 points. Yeah. Excuse me. It's 15,000 points. I was going to say 5,000. It's Detlef Shrimp, right? Detlef Shrimp. He averaged 17 on that 1996 Sonics team that lost to the Bulls in the NBA Finals. <clears throat> Very solid score. Nicely done. All right. We've got a uh, 6'11", 235-pound. I uh, guess we'll call him a – he's a big man. He's like a four. Um, drafted in the 2003 draft. Uh, for his career, he averaged 19 and 9. Borderline, some say Hall of Famer. 11-time All-Star. One-time All-NBA player. A bit overlooked when it, with, from his time in Toronto, where he was drafted. Oh, we got to be talking about Christopher Bosch. Yes, sir. Man. Chris Bosch is a dog. Personality-wise, yeah. people didn't, you know, think that he was a dog, but if you watched him play, Chris Bosch passed the eye test. And honestly, I didn't really notice it until he played for the Miami Heat and he was playing against my Indiana Pacers. They don't mm. win any of those championships without Chris Bosch. They don't even not. get close. So, Chris Bosch earned my respect in Miami. 7-4, Jump shooting big man made one all star team and was known as the Duncan Dutchman in Indiana. <laughs> Those old Rick Smiths. That's right. That was his nickname. You didn't know that? I did. I just yeah. had forgotten about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You you gave the <laughs> laugh. I was giggle. like, did I did I just no. introduce JB to his nickname? No, it just made me giggle because I forgot. Career 15 points and six rebound average. You know, Pacer fans, we we Solid. wish he rebounded a little bit better, but honestly, it, yeah. he didn't really need to. We had Dale and Antonio Davis back in them days. So yep. they Dale Dale was averaging like six points and eleven rebounds, it seemed like. 
little mini right. mini Dennis Rodman. All right, JB, what you got? One more. Saving the best for last year, in my opinion. Six uh, one point guard, career average of fourteen point four points and just shy of seven assists. Had a pretty long career, um, from ninety three to 06. Can I can I try to do an early guess? You can. Nick the Quick. Yes, sir. <laughs> only one time, only an all-star once. Come on, man. Man, that's disrespectful to Nick the Quick, man. It is very disrespectful. Nick Van Exel, y'all. For those of y'all that don't know who Nick the Quick is. He's assistant coach with the Hawks right now. I had no idea. That, but there's a player in the NBA right now who is literally a splitting image of Nick the Quick. Honestly, probably not as quick, but probably has a little bit more bounce. The Aaron Fox. Yeah. Aaron Fox and Nick Aaron's the Quick got similar game. Uh, he's taller. I wouldn't say bigger. He's 6'3". Okay. So, I mean, yeah, a little bit taller. But, um, yeah, wow. Nick the Quick. I love Nick the Quick. JB. Yes, sir. I'm going to dive into my personal segment. All right. And talk about that Super Bowl just a little bit. Okay. The holding call ruined the game, JB, apparently. Yeah. Apparently, I'm just trying to figure out how the Eagles defense not being able to stop the Chiefs in the second half isn't what ruined the game. You can be frustrated about a call. Obviously, it was an emotional game, but at some point there has to be accountability. Four second half drives by KC, three touchdowns and a game winning field goal, man. Six for six on third down in the second half. Pat Mahomes used his one leg on a few occasions mobility he hit five different receivers the run game was also very effective with Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon there's the balance right there JB and I regularly discuss and they took care of the ball the Chiefs had zero turnovers JB Pat Mahomes numbers passing wise were not incredible but he was near flawless down the stretch and Eagles fans or just Chiefs haters if you're going to be mad at anybody, be mad at Patrick Mahomes. Now, two-time Super Bowl winning QB in five years as a starter. All five with the Chiefs. And every year they've made it to at least the AFC Championship game. Let's give this man the first Hall of Fame spot mid-career. Oh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty by the crazy. way, the Eagles player admitted that he held on the play. Oh, I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah, kudos saying. to him for saying he was hoping. I think he said, "I hope they would." I was hoping they would let it slide or something. But yeah, well said, well said. And um, on a positive note, I want to thank and celebrate the NFL Hall of Fame for finally getting it right and getting my man Ken Riley into the Hall of Fame. Tell me about it, JB. It's a little late. You know, considering he's no longer <clears throat> with us, uh, but I know his family is super happy, and I'm super happy for them. He will be the second Cincinnati Bengal enshrined. Um, I think he's still fifth all time on the career NFL interceptions list. And you think about the time when he played. I mean, guys were throwing maybe not even half the time, half as many attempts as they are nowadays. So for him to uh, be up there, that that says a whole lot. He's an all time great. Uh, cornerback and he's finally getting his just deserves and getting in the Hall of Fame uh, alongside some other you know well known and um, 
celebrated players, but certainly want to discuss him first because as the average fan looks at the list, he's probably they're probably like, who's who's Ken Riley? So I championed him, I don't know, one of our first personal segments way back in the day, and uh, it's just awesome to see that he's finally getting in. Uh, Rondé Barber, another guy going in. Uh, Eric Coriel, Don Coriel, a f- famous coach. Um, you got linebacker Chuck Howley, defensive lineman Joe Klecko, and of course, a couple of big names, Darrell Revis. So how about Ken Riley going in with <laughs> same year as Darrell Revis? Uh, Goodness gracious. Offensive tackle Joe Thomas and linebacker Zach Thomas and Demarcus Ware. So a lot of defense, a lot of defense going in yes, the Hall sir. of Fame. And uh, in fact, is that every single except for Joe Thomas? They're all defensive players. Wow. But again, <clears throat> congrats to all those guys, but especially to uh, Ken Riley and his family. Excellent. All I have to say is who they. That's right, Who Day. Man, that's awesome. Honorary Who Day from N.O. Honestly, that How might be that? the first time I've ever said that. <laughs> I said I haven't heard it, but that's great. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> what we got next? Oh, man. We coming back with one of my favorites, man. That team was stacked because, you know, sometimes we forget about teams in every sport that we watch that <sighs> moment in time. They took that yep. moment in time Nostalgia and they just ran too. with it and it was just nostalgia and they were just incredible for that one year, couple years. And we like to bring back these memories and, and, and go back to that time period. That team was stacked. JB, what you got today for that team was stacked? TTWS. TTWS, that team was stacked. Well, you know, I was thinking uh, I wanted to do something a little bit different than the norm. Um, a lot of times I do, I've done like college sports teams, but you know I love soccer. So I was like, you know what? Yes, sir. What maybe is like most stacked soccer team? Um, and I didn't want to be too much of a homer talking about Chelsea because I've talked about their team before too. So I, I kind of went back and looked and thought. And really it's a team from a span of about five years from the country of Spain. So we're talking about <clears throat> the Spain international football team from about 07 to 2012. Okay, these guys won three straight international football tournaments, meaning they won the 08 European Championship, then went on to win the 2010 World Cup, then came back and won the 2012 European Championships. I don't know that that's ever been done in the history of this sport. They went between 07 and 09, 35 games without losing, including all 10 of their 2010 World Cup qualifying games. So you just said, dominant. 35 games without losing, man? Correct. Dominating. And if you recall, um, you know, this was around the time when I really first started watching. And so watching the sport, like, closely. And I just assumed that this was how it was supposed to be played. I mean, these guys dominated the ball. Like, you couldn't get it off of them. They would just pass it, pass you to death and then eventually put it in the back of the net after they made, you know, 47 passes on the play. So most of their guys coming from great uh, Spanish clubs, Barcelona and Real Madrid. If you remember David Villa, the uh, front winger with all kinds of speed, Xavi running the middle middle of the field, Andres Iniesta, who's an all-time great midfielder. Those two guys just controlled the ball. Xavi Alonso, 
um, was kind of the defensive midfielder. You really weren't getting anything back past him. Carlos Puyol, the guy with the, you know, the big giant hair on uh-huh. defense. And, of course, their goalies, all-time great Iker Casillas. So, I mean, those are really the standout guys. D- David Villa was uh, a young kid, really, on this team. But uh, I just remember watching those guys and thinking, man, can the U.S. ever have a team like this? <laughs> but that is a team that was absolutely loaded. And really, for a, the good sp- a span of about four or five years, nobody came close to them. And that's excellent, J.B. And I remember some of these players you're talking about, but this team, I'm going to have to go back and check it out. But the 35-game unbeaten streak, that's just insane. In any that's sport. crazy. You didn't slip up one time, not even in soccer, where the mm-hmm. purity is what it is. Such discipline, elegance, skill, and team camaraderie that they must have had on them squads. Yes, That's sir. excellent, JB. JB, that team was stacked for me today. Women's flag is a sport that's yes, really growing nationally. Women's flag football. And we even saw a microcosm of the game with one of the best commercials during the Super Bowl. Mexican flag football QB Diana Flores wouldn't even let her mama get close for the fear of her flag being pulled. <laughs> I've had the opportunity to coach at the high school level in Alaska for six years, obviously, before moving to the college ranks. All of 2021 saw my return to coaching flag football at West Valley High School, and what a year it was. The Wolfpack squad won the interior championship with an overall record of 9-3, two of which came late in the season, I might add, when the results were already decided conference-wise. But what made this team so good? was their coachable nature as a group. I remember countless questions being asked daily related to my office and the defensive schemes that these players were learning for the first time. Mm. I hadn't coached for a couple years. I came back, coached them for the first time, and they were so eager to learn. I had never coached any of them. We were led by a few seniors. Maisie O'Neill. She was the engine that made the team go. Over a 1,000 rushing and receiving yards, plus she was a lockdown cornerback with six interceptions. Marissa Oliver played on the offensive and defensive lines, and she was the quiet leader-by-example type. Her motor never stopped. She gave 110% every single play. Aaliyah Hansen was our top outside threat at receiver. She had six tugs, but also a lot of huge catches. And she excelled at safety as well, which is not easy to do in my scheme. Cameron Bartlett, a sophomore, was the other lockdown corner who had nine picks and made some big plays on offense as well. Asia Peter is a young lady who really didn't want to play QB. And I don't think she ever grasped what a good QB she was, especially being a sophomore. But she hung her hat on defense as well, JB, playing linebacker. And I think you see the theme here. Mm -hmm. Our defense was the backbone of the team. We had multiple shutouts, and the most points West Valley gave up in any game was 13. And I could highlight countless other role players on the squad, Tanya Carlson, Mariana Lau, Emma Ackerman, Zoe Foshi, and others. This team balled out, overcame adversity throughout the season, and beat some really good teams en route 
to the Interior League title in Fairbanks, Alaska. 2021 West Valley Wolfpack flag football squad. Nice. Legendary. Shout out to them. Maybe we'll see some of them at the next level. You never know. Never know, JB. <clears throat> Excellent stuff, N.O. And uh, let's let's keep the excellence going with a little bit of sports factor fiction. How's okay. that sound? School me on that one, man. Yeah, so we go back and forth here. This time we are going to go back and forth. Uh, we're going to lay out statements that are either factual or uh, made up by the one of us by one of us, and uh, try to stump each other, have a little fun, and uh, you know see if you guys get any of these right along with us as well. I'm ready so, for it, man. Yeah, why not kick it off here? Actually, right. you mentioned this gentleman earlier when you were talking about the NBA. Uh, at 21 years old, Cam Thomas is the youngest player ever to have three straight 40-point games when he did so recently for the Nets. You know what's so amazing about you asking this is this is one of my exact questions. <laughs> so we're going to leave that question out of mind, and we're just going to go ahead and say uh, fact. That is a fact. a fact. Wow. Yeah. That's funny, man. 44, 47, 43. That's crazy. It's wild, man. JB, the early odds going into next NFL season have the Texans with the worst odds to win the Super Bowl at plus 12,500. Oh gosh, um, I'll say fact. Yeah, it's a fact. Yeah, nice job. Cause they don't know who their QB is yet. Okay, <clears throat> uh, NFL players with less than two seasons that are on the practice squads currently make two hundred and seven thousand dollars a year. I think it's less than that. I'm gonna say fiction. <clears throat> it's a fact. That's what it is now, I oh. guess. Yep. After the trade for Mo Bamba, which sent Pat Beverly of the Lakers to Orlando, the Magic have already cut Pat Beverly. Um, oh man, I don't <laughs> actually know. I'm going to say, I'll say fact. It's not, you is You are it? correct. It is? <laughs> they cut him? Bye-bye. Uh, wow. Hey, just side question. Did Danny Green, he got traded... And then he's already on the Cavs, right? That happens quite a bit with these trades, too. Yeah. <clears throat> um, okay. But I wonder if anybody's going to pick. We're going to see Pat Bev sitting on the Sports Center again. Um, yeah. J- Jake DeGrom has the lowest career ERA of any current Major League player. Hmm, career. It's possible. I'm going to say fact. Oh, it's fiction. It's actually Clayton Kershaw at 2.48 for his career. What's Jake at? Uh, not much. He's like 2.7, something like that. Really close. Okay. Yeah, it's not far off. Speaking of baseball, my last one, JB, I didn't mean to cut you off, but speaking of baseball, the size of MLB bases went from 15 square (laughs) inches to 20 square inches. Um, Is that fiction? job it went it's from 15 bigger, to 18 right? you know it oh, went to 18 small. but but not 20 good job it's still still big all right well I, I we lost one of your questions so um let's see which one i want to throw you here <clears throat> okay the highest all-time modern day nfl player we're just gonna say that modern day non-quarterback <clears throat> yards per carry is nick chubb at 5.2 
talking about JT. Talking about Oakland Raiders running back. But I'm going to say fact on this one. Uh, it's fiction. It's actually Jamal Charles. 5.4 yards a carry for his career. Boy, that dude. Man. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm th- I was thinking current players. Yeah. Oh, my bad. I didn't uh, I didn't listen. Yep. Yep. Um all right. I got a, I got one I'll, I'll save for next time, but the other one I'll ask you. Um the longest gap between NBA All-Star appearances <clears throat> is by Derrick Rose, 7 years in between. Um fiction. It's fiction. Do you know who it is? Somebody this year. It's Drew Holiday. Oh, Drew. Okay. Yep. Ten man. years Very in between. Man. Isn't that Just crazy? A, had a forty-point game the other day. He's a yeah. I mess He's with Drew heavy. I love Drew. Very underrated, in my estimation. Awesome. Yeah, All he's right. not. He's we got us. He's not flashy though, which no, is why you not. never. Which is why you exactly. never hear him talked about, man. People. Yeah, we could talk about that all day. Yep, he's not going to be on them flashy highlight reels. But anyway, all right, it's time for that segment of the show. It's a little bit of no nos. No nos. Let's do it, man. All right, so. In no-nos, for those of you that live under a rock, I ask Inno a personal question, allow him to divulge whatever information he would like about said question. And then we put some time on the clock. Could be a minute, could be two minutes, could be whatever. Um, And I will lay out a scenario where he can make a stand or statement um, sharing his thoughts and opinions on that scenario. So first and foremost, um, I know... Fairly recently, we were talking um, off the air about you were heavy in recruiting and potentially um, about to offer some scholarships out there. And I was just curious if you want to share how that's going, if you have any commits um, for next year so far or what that looks like at this point in time. Uh, The recruiting process is going pretty well. I'm in the hotbed areas of the country, Um, have a couple commits. Definitely got hey, uh, a nice. lot of scholarship offers out to athletes from Las Vegas, some athletes from Florida, some athletes from Georgia. So, yeah, it's going pretty well. You know, I can't be telling the folks out there too much of my um, gotcha. information, but um, we definitely moving in the right direction. And we, and we, you know, we understand that in actually in the state of Florida, the sea season is just kicking off for flag football so a lot of these seniors you know some have been recruited already and signed but a lot of them are still kind of waiting um waiting for that opportunity las vegas their season actually just ended too it's a winter sport there and Hmm. in georgia flag football is a fall sport at the high school level so in these different hotbed areas you know it's three different seasons so that it's good recruiting visits to different places being able to attend all the games and just being able to see all the athletes in person wow that does help do you think that over time that changes to where you know similar to the other sports it all becomes all the same time of year um good question uh maybe depending on how much the sport grows cool so what's the like when you make an offer for somebody what's usually like a timeline you would expect for them to commit or not commit or uh, here, have one now here's what i say to him nope i don't <clears> give him a time frame but i do let him know um i'm gonna continue recruiting 
and I have a specific sure. number I'm trying to get to. And if you haven't committed or even at least communicated back with me that, coach, I need a little bit more time and, you know, you might get left out. I might, you might be ready to commit a month down the road and then spots fill. So it's up to you whether that makes sense, whether you want to, um, you know, I'm, but no, I'm not going to give a specific, you need to give me a decision within a week, two weeks. I'm not going to do that. Cool. All right. Thanks for sharing. <clears throat> All right. Switching gears here to a very, I mean, I guess it's a touchy kind of serious topic. Not that that isn't, um, but this kind of deals with life in sports as well. So some of you may have heard recently um, the domestic violence case against former Texas Longhorns basketball coach Chris Beard was dropped. Um, again, I, I mentioned this is kind of a touchy issue, you know, and nobody is at all condoning any type of violence, much less domestic violence. However, what seems to have happened is that initially uh, his fiance said that she was strangled from behind and then later said everything was done by Chris in self-defense. Um, and this is all while, you know, this man claimed his innocence the whole time. So while Chris Beard did have in his contract with the University of Texas that he could, he could be fired if charged with a felony, uh, I want to know your thoughts on if this was an instance maybe where Texas jumped the gun and could have or should have supported their coach until further evidence arose, or do you think they acted appropriately and did what was necessary at the time? Okay. And feel free whenever, sir. I think it's quite obvious that Texas jumped the gun in this situation, and they actually look bad as a university now, mm. especially since the um, case was dropped. That doesn't necessarily mean that Chris Beard was innocent, though. This is not a black right. and white situation. There's definitely a lot of gray area, and I may explain the gray area. The gray area is very simple. There's two sides to every story, and you know some people would even say there's two sides, and then there's the actual story that happened. Yes, absolutely. But when there's an emotional reaction to a situation, and you know I I heard you say that they said he could be fired if he was arrested or charged with charge yes, well sir. at least you know let, let's wait to see if he's convicted right mm -hmm. let's wait to see if he was actually when they did the process of everything in the law that he was convicted of the felony and it seems like he might have got a raw deal in this situation not yep. saying he's perfect but um you know we we definitely got to understand that in, in the heat of relationships there sometimes is, is domestic violence, but we can't jump and take one side until we know what actually happened. And this happens a lot in different yeah, situations where, 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 you know, sometimes in rape cases, we automatically view somebody as being guilty when in reality, you know, after everything comes out, it's a similar situation to Chris Beard. And even adding on to that, the damage is done. The damage yep. is done for that person. Like yep. there, there's gonna be people who say, "Oh, wait, either way, he shouldn't have been in that situation." Okay, and then you get caught naturally thinking that the other person is just innocent, and that's not yep. fair. That's not fair to anybody, um, and certainly not Chris Beard. If the cases were dropped and dismissed, but he already lost his job, so, yeah, that's rough. 
Yep. It's uh it's one of those instances where like you said, I think as soon as the story comes out, the media takes a side or terrible gives an opinion, reports on it, and the general population already has made up their minds before all the facts are actually well, out. Well, so. the reporters, they want to be the first <laughs> one to everything, mm-hmm. and, and they want to be the first one to be the one to tell the story, be the one that I, I want to be. I want to be that first one there. Okay. I mean, okay. you look at the Ume Udoka situation now, which, <laughs> you know, now he's out of a job. So, yeah, it's sad. Yep. Anyway, well, hopefully uh, everything works out for him and his family and, um, you know, they can all move forward. Texas, I think they had that loophole built in uh, to try for them and their their minds to save face. Like, well, we, it was in his contract, but, you know, I just uh, I agree with you. I think it was a bit bit rash of them. Um, but, yeah, good. well said. Well said. Appreciate that, man. So another uh, – Another solid show in the books. We threw it, y'all. And, um, you know, again, we just want to say we appreciate all of the support. Um, Y'all continuing to listen, tune in, to share feedback, to share with friends. Um, You know, we just, we do it because we enjoy it. And we hope that uh, you get enjoyment out of it. So hit us up, social media, um, Instagram, TikTok, we're out there. Emails no.jb.sportspedigree at gmail.com. Y'all have a good one. Let's go. Sports pedigree on deck. Who's batting? No NJB is what's happening. Coverage of the NBA, present and past. You probably want to listen to facts. We never mask. Alas, we don't hold back. Articulating them sneaky, important stats and trivia. Shows that the subject matter is well-rounded like a ball is. I see the referee. I'm wondering what the call is. Communicate the pick. I'm going top side. Illuminate that list. Giving you my top five. Acknowledging who's great. Now, your list may have a couple different names, but really, there's no debate. Wait, the passion gotta be smooth. On the lookout for sports dichotomy tools. Getting views sounds nice, but the vision is deep. Cause in knowing JB will never put you to sleep. Originality is the key. We pick locks with open up, no nose. It's been concocted. The segments are personal too. Cause a sports podcast without opinion, surely no value. <laughs> we gotta be great, requesting no favors. World Cup, you wait for tennis majors, NFL trades, and baseball pastime. Consistent on the mic, we don't get no. Half time.